you know, one day you'll have the wake up call when you're like, I'm living like this life is mine. I need to live it for me. Why am I caring about what other people are thinking? Who, who are they to dictate what I do, what I say, where I go? And it's, it's like when the second you stop, you think about it and really analyze it. If you just really put logic behind it, it makes no sense for you to give this many people this power over you. Sure, I'm getting weird. No, I mean, what, for what, like, you, the what, like clothes or whatever <laughs> <laughs> you want, bro. Dealer's choice. <laughs> sell us, sell us. I'll send you my OnlyFans right. link. Um, oh, nice. I look forward to <laughs> you are now listening to the Board Podcast. Keep headphones in at all times. What's the what's the what's the run for? What are you doing? We can put this bit in the podcast. Go on. Yeah, sure. Um, so the current thing that I'm working on, that's why I've been busy for the past few days, is literally we're doing. So Charlie gave me the ring. She told me her dad passed away. Um, I offered any support and anything that I could give her at that time. Then after the funeral party, she told me she wanted to raise money. And me and one of my boys planned on doing David Goggins challenge, which is four miles every four hours, for 48 hours. And I thought, why not put two and two together? Like, I know this is, it's like a personal growth thing, but why don't we raise money with it? Why don't we put it to use? Cause not a lot of people will take on a challenge like this. Yeah. Even now, like people keep telling me you're crazy and I, I know it's crazy. I know I'm going to end up in hospital, but I'm ready for it. You know? <laughs> How, how many four 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 miles how many miles in 48 hours so 48 miles altogether four miles every four hours oh my god yeah. it's crazy bro it's crazy like, and is there a time limit to complete the the four miles no as, as long as you've done four miles but we realistically because we're not going to sleep well for these days we're not going to eat well for these days because it's literally like run and then you've got to go home shower do whatever you need to do. I've got uni work to do in that meantime and then go back out for another run. Man. It's crazy. No way. Yeah, mad. <laughs> so you're going to be going home doing errands and stuff and then going back to run. Yeah, bro. It's crazy. Crazy. Why, do, why did you, why, why did you even, what inspired you to even do it? So honestly, like my new philosophy in life is if it's hard, do it. Because then if you do hard things, they just become easy. And my whole life has been difficult, bro. And I, when I speak to people about it, people are like, oh, like, that there's more more happens in your day than happens in like my entire year and i'm like it's just because i've become so accustomed to it that like it's normal so you specifically go out and look for like the hardest things you could possibly do yeah like for example i was working in a care home for a little bit i had the option of um going into the kitchen helping make food or going outside and cleaning the uh what's called the infection control bin which has nappies and wipes and all that stuff and i was like you know what I'm a bigger man. Let's go pick that one. And I went and I did it. Like it's just, and even speaking about it, like it makes me smile, man, because it, I, I gained something from that. You know, people are like, oh, this guy's just cleaning a bit. No, it's, I managed to go against something that I didn't think I'd be able to do, which is deal with human waste. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you gained that inner, that inner growth from doing something you didn't want to do. Exactly, bro. And the more you do things, you don't, like it's easy to slip up. It's easy to take an easy life. But the problem is when you take an easy life, you know, you're never going to get anywhere. You're just in your comfort zone the entire time. Like this past few, what's called past four days have been really, really stressful for me. Like back to back, I haven't had time to even like sit down and probably do anything. Because when I'm not with the project or the charity, I'm with university. When I'm not with university, I've got personal stuff going on. When I'm not with that, I'm with my parents' business. But just then I realized like it's so easy for me to say, you know what, I'm just going to stay in bed today. 
But I decided, nah, I'm going to fight that. I'm going to go up. I'm going to continue life as normal because, you know, these are the times that question who you are, what you're capable of. You can let it become you or you can just fight against it. So this is all, this, this mentality you have is all to sort of challenge yourself and prove to yourself that you can do more. Yeah, I mean, at the, in life, like, I have this philosophy as well. It's like, you can do anything, absolutely anything in life if you want it bad enough. And I mean, want it bad enough. I don't mean like people that just say, oh, I want to be rich. I mean, people that say they want to be rich and they have plans of how to do that. And if those plans don't work for you, they've got backup plans and plan C, D, E, all the way to Z. Those are people that want it bad enough and they will achieve it. So what do you want? Me? Really, brutal honesty, all I want in life is freedom. And sadly, money provides that freedom. I need to be able to make enough to support myself, my future wife, my kids, my parents. We want to live comfortably. We don't want to have too much money because most of the money that we have will go towards charitable things anyway. But we yeah. want freedom. Like you're, saying, like you're saying, it's unfortunate that freedom does require money but yeah. i think that is a big part of it obviously it's not everything it's not you know the means to happiness but it's it's definitely a, a large part 100 percent, bro. it's not even like a i want to have money in the bank it's that i want to wake up and if my wife and kids want to go do something we can just go do that we don't need to worry about work we don't need to worry about this yeah as in financial freedom mm. yeah yeah um talk to me about your business your because you're an entrepreneur aren't you yeah, so I've set up a couple of different businesses, um, starting off. No, let's talk about your, your most recent. I want to hear about your most sort of recent thing that you've got going on. Recent in terms of business, we've got clothing line. We've got um, events business, which I liquidated because of COVID. And we've got HGL. Which one would you like me to go in detail with? HGL, I want to hear about that's the That's where I found you. Beautiful. So let's talk about HGL. So HGL, Hustle Group London. Um, what I'm trying to do is connect a load of like-minded individuals. You don't need to know much about stocks, investing, financial future, even starting a business. You just need to want it. If you want it bad enough, then I'm happily going to invest in you. And I've got a team ready where we've got videographers. We've got everyone that you could possibly need to start up a business. You just come to us. There's an annual fee, which is the membership fee. But what that means is you get 10% off any other company, any other business, any other freelancer that's under our umbrella as well. And the same vice versa, you have to give them 10%. We're just like a family helping family. Mm. So you're combining multiple sort of businesses and then providing them a network where they can also save money. Yeah, perfect. And H, H Group London, it will, it will turn into many different things. It will, it will be, the reason it's called Hustle Group London is we're going to have a charity inside um, we're going to have an investment investor circle. So people that invest in stocks, they can all talk freelance circles. If you're freelance, you can all come in, trade ideas and things like that. We want it to be for everyone, small businesses, people that just want to go far because since COVID, we know we've seen how many small businesses and all of this has risen up due to it. And you don't really get much support. And the reason people don't support these businesses is because there is no money in it. And the membership fee that I charge just covers website. I don't make any money on this. It's literally, this is something I want to do on the side just to help people. And it will help me because I'll be a member of H Group London. I'll get 10%. I'm equal to everyone inside the group. And so let's say I come to you, you know, I've got a gardening business, for example, mm. and I come to you and I'm like, hey, how can, how can H Group London help me out? 
what can you provide me? Go on, give me the pitch. So, for example, if you came to us with that specific business idea, we can offer you um, marketing solutions. So if you wanted to advertise in any way, video, we've got a guy that does drone work. We've got guys that do graphic design. Whatever you need in terms of marketing, graphic design, videography, branding, we'll have someone for that. Well, we already do have someone for that. So you can make me a logo. You can do my marketing. You can do my website. You can do... Yeah, we can do the whole lot. And if you're part of the group, you get 10% bro, of every single service. Yeah. That's just one side. We also offer consultancy. So if at some point, the whole point of me getting these like-minded individuals is I want them to be able to automate their business so they can do what I want to do, which is step away from the business and spend time with their loved ones. Okay. If you've got a gardening company, I won't just you know, help you with that process. I'll also help you to outsource it at some point. So where you can step away and hire someone to take your place and your money's coming in while you're living your life. Okay. So that's essentially the, the background behind it is to be able to automate yeah. um, processes, make everything sort of simpler, save everyone's time. hundred um, percent. It's something that, you know, we were never taught. It's something that I had to go chase out and I want people to be able to come to me and tell me, I want financial freedom. What's the steps? How can I do it? And although everyone's journey will be different, we're all working towards the same goal. Mm. So, so this is quite new. Uh, how, when did it start? Um, as in this idea? Yeah, not the idea, but the actual, the, the building blocks to it. So H Group London started off as me just getting loads of investors together about three weeks ago, where we were sitting down and I was, we got them talking and this and that. And we were like, the whole point of that group chat was that We've got so many people investing their actual money. Like they've got skin in the game in terms of stock markets. If someone makes a mistake, we post it on that group chat so that the other person doesn't have to. If you've got 20 people making mistakes, that's 20 mistakes we don't have to face. If you've got 20 people with tips and advice, that's 20. Like it's just having that collective where everyone is equal. Everyone's helping each other. You eat, we all eat. Like that's the whole point of that investors chat. Mm. And, and these investors, are they, are they running the, uh, their own businesses or are they just investors? A lot of them have nine to fives, but they have the intention of starting their own businesses, which is why they will branch off to the other side of HQ London later on. Okay. Yeah. I like, I really like that idea. I think I told you before, like I've, these ideas are quite popular where they, you know, a system is created to help businesses out. Um, stuff like Bark, if you've heard of Bark yeah. and um anyways there's loads of these small webs um fiverr the freelancing app mm -hmm. so it's sort of similar to yours but i guess your one's a more in-depth version of it yeah we're going to go for a more personal approach like i want anyone under our group to know that if at any point they need anything they can call us and we'll be there yeah so so like customer service will be like a, a mainstay of your massive approach thing. massive thing i need to know their daughter's birthdays i need to know their son's <laughs> birthdays i need to know what makes them happy what makes them sad what flowers they like that's the type of service i want to give you, you might be coming on too strong then huh? <laughs> yeah. no no not like that not like that <laughs> in terms of, so when you work in i was working in hospitality a lot that was my passion right yeah. and if you can tailor the way you talk to every single person as in clientele wise, they really appreciate that, man. They come in, it doesn't matter how hard of a day they've had, it doesn't matter what for, what war they fought on their way in. When they see you and you're asking about their favorite football team, you're asking about things they like, the whole mood changes. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I hear that in you, to be honest, when I speak to you, you're, you've got a, you've got a very sort of soothing voice. Um, if that makes sense. And you're quite, you, you seem quite, optimistic every time I speak to you which is a skill 
Um, when, when, when did you sort of think, was it always like that? Or when did you decide you needed to work on that sort of aspect of yourself? Um, first, I want to say I really appreciate you saying that, bro. Like, it means a lot. No problem, man. Um, and you deserve it. Thank you, thank you. Um, life, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't want to short sell it to anyone else. Every, everyone's life is difficult, but I haven't had a particularly easy one. And because of that, I've had a lot of people against me as well, and I've just had to be my biggest fan. It's like wherever I go, it doesn't matter what energy they bring to me, I'll bring positive energy because that's the type of thing that I want to bring into the universe. And I've always just pumped myself up. Even before coming on this, bro, I had a little dance to lean on me, Bill Withers. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's the tune, bro. <laughs> Finally, someone someone understands what it takes. Bro, I'll send you videos. But when we have meetings and that song comes on, everyone drops what they're doing and we just start singing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a very good, like I'm saying, it's a very good men mentality. It's a shame that it was, you know, brought about by unfortunate, um, an unfortunate past, but it's good to see that you've come out positive and, you know, that's in a sense enforced your, your need to bring positivity to other people now. Of course, bro. In, in all of it, I just want to be someone that I didn't have. Yeah. Do you feel like that's important to someone else? Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Um, do you want to tell me about, let's talk about your background. So, you know, go through it. What, what, what sort of struggles have you faced, man? Um, I think the biggest one was losing my mum when I was young. I was around eight years old. Um, yeah. Life, just just like that, it changed. Bro. Like, I, I don't... The worst thing is I don't remember having a childhood. I can't sit down and actually recount things that I did as a kid because that whole experience completely, completely shook me up. And even though you're young, you think you won't understand it. It's... it's, it's it, it ingrains itself into your life now. It's crazy. Yeah. And just like that, I had to grow up. And I think that's why I'm so mature now. When did you sort of notice it ingrained itself in your life? Was it just always there? It's just, I've always been too mature for my age. Like, for example, it was at the point that even at school, when teachers were, some, I'm not going to shout at main teachers or name them, but some teachers are very, insecure and it comes out and they're teaching when they're not happy about something they take out their own anger and children and things like that and I was so mature that I was able to point these things out to them and in a mature way as well to the point that they had no response apart from calling my dad in for a meeting and this was a constant thing and it was like I was I was I'm never someone to be rude I was always polite about the way I spoke about things no way so you so you were in school calling out teachers politely that's that's mad that's, that's a new level of mature, and I don't think anyone's... <laughs> they, they hated it, man. They hated it. I, I really wanted to get into psychology, and just because of the way I was, she pulled me off the course. <laughs> she just completely pulled me off the course, and that's why I have a bit of prejudice against the schooling system. But, but I, think, I think that's the way it is, not just with teachers, but anyone who's insecure. I think if you call them out, you know, and they... They really can't do anything about it. If you call them out, like you're saying, in a nice way, in a polite way, they're not used to that, especially teachers. They're used to kids flipping out. They just, don't know what to do. I was a 13, 14, 15-year-old speaking to them in private. I wasn't doing this in class in front of other students. I was, <laughs> you I was, called the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I was having I was like, oh, I wasn't happy about the way you spoke to me here, here, here. 
And then when I'd ask for an explanation, they'll be like, that's so just, there was never an explanation. It was, I'm going to call your dad in. And then next thing, my dad's picking me up from school, yelling at me. He's like, why am I here again? And I was like, dad, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And my dad generally say, thought I was a bad kid, man. My dad generally thought I was a bad kid. Would you say, would you say this, this was happening a lot with your teachers or was it just specific ones? It was, a, I, I think there were some teachers that understood me because I think they, the ones that gave me respect and understood that my life wasn't the same as everyone else's. They understood me. We had conversations. We talked business. Like we were like friends. So I got on very well. But there was the majority of teachers that didn't want to understand me. And that's fair if they didn't want to do that. But I still think like I deserved a bit of respect. Do, do you feel like, and, you know, take this in the best way possible because mm. it's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but do you feel like you have a, a problem with authority? Because, you know, I, I, have an, I have a problem with authority sometimes. I don't always like, you know, listening to what someone else because I just think my opinion's better sometimes. Um, I wouldn't say I have a problem with authority. I'm very used to what's called having someone speak to me. My problem is when people um, abuse that power. So like if someone says to me, if they, if they give me complete rational instructions, they are higher than me, they've given their superior to me and they've given me instructions, cool, I'll get it done. If it's something that's against my morals, against my ethics, or something that just seems downright dodgy, I'll question it. I won't ever put my name on something that I'm not completely proud of. And that was my biggest issue. A lot of, I've had a lot of issues with employers and things like that when they start going unethical. And they're like, but you know, this is what we're paying you for. And I was like, yeah, but you're not paying me for this. Where in my job description does it say this? I'm here to do good work. Anything that I do needs to represent me, my character, everything that I stand for. So I wouldn't say it's authority. How do you mean? Um, what sort of job employers are you talking about? Would you be able to give me a note? I won't be able to name them because I know for a fact yeah. they still got me on social media. No, that's fine. Um, we we'll use code names. Yeah, I was in a particular job where I was 20 years old. I was in a very high paying role um, for my age. And obviously my maturity was why I got into that role. And because they've seen my work, they know that I'm very good with events and hospitality and things like that. But um, I faced a lot of what's called attitude. I faced a lot of problems from individuals in my team. I think the main purpose was just because I was young and I was confident. And even people pulled me aside um and they were saying at some point i was told i was being too soft so i was like okay cool i'll be a little bit more strict with my staff and when i was more strict with my staff i was pulled aside again and told oh the staff think you're cocky and it was like everything that i did the anyone that was older than me in that role in my in the same team as me was willing to comment on something or try and put me down for anything to the point that even when i went on holiday i was just before i jumped on my flight, I was getting calls from my staff members that my own team was disrespecting me. How, how did that sort of make you feel when you felt sort of disrespected by your staff? It's, it's upsetting because I'm someone that I always want to help people. And even these people that disrespected me, there is numerous occasions where I've seen them for other people under the bus and I never chose to take that option. If I saw a problem, if I saw someone wasn't in on one day and they forgot a meeting or something, like that, I'd pick up that meeting. If someone didn't want to do a job, I picked up that job. I was just that guy. I was ready. I was passionate and I was hungry to do whatever it took for the team to work well. But the fact that I was young and in the same role and at the same pay, it upset people, man. So you definitely feel like it was something to do with you being so young. Maybe they were, they were scared of um, just how confident you were for such a young person. Yeah. I mean, it, it does make sense. It, it, like 
looking at human behavior, it does make sense. But I, I just, it doesn't add up in the sense that, you know, I was willing to help. I wasn't, if I was a dick to everyone, then it would make sense for them to be harsh on me. But I tried my best to keep on everyone's good side. I helped them wherever I could. But, you know, being, being, being a dick is very objective. People have different ideas of what mm. being a dick is. You could be the nicest person to one person and act the same way to another and they'll see yeah. you in a different way. No, you won't. So when it, what I mainly tell people is, you know, do whatever's best for you. And generally you won't be, you know, if people think you're a dick, they're wrong. As long as you know, you've done you, as long as you know, like you're saying, you're, you've helped people out. then That's it. it. It goes back on. So, you know, you can only control your internals. You cannot control anything external. As well, to speak to yourself nicely and everything. But yeah, speak to yourself nicely. Do the best you can, and then you know whatever happens after that. That's it, bro. You did all you can. Um, what about in terms of your support growing up? From I know you said your mum passed away, mm. uh, sadly, but who else was there for you? So uh, my mum's older sister was always there for me. So I'll be honest with you, like she's. Whenever I had a tough time, I, I'd just run away to her house. And I know I'd, I'd find safety there. Um, but whenever I was back home, I'd, it was difficult, bro. I won't lie to you. It's hard. And brutally honest with you, I don't think I understood it. I only really got over my mum's death in December. No, November in 2020. I'm, t- I'm almost 22. It happened when I was like eight. You know what I mean? It's, how how did you finally sort of notice that you you were getting over it? So I kept jumping. I, so I did. I, I've done some. I've achieved some good things in my life, but I haven't. I was never happy. I was never ever happy. It was always like I was beating myself up. I was eighteen and telling myself I've run out of time. Like I don't know what my mindset was on. And I was dating back to back. I was dating loads of different women, and I was every single time it would end the same way, heartbreak. And then I really realized I was like, what if? I'm just trying to fill this hole that my mum left with love from others because I, I rarely felt love. You know, when, when you rarely feel it, you just want it more. Hmm. And that was a realisation that happened, you know, in November when I decided to just reinvent who I was and just change myself a little bit. And it was like, all this love that I give to people, let me give it to myself first. Let me give six months of just pure me, working on my health, my fitness, stay out of relationships and just, you know, live life for me and see how it changes and bro once I actually decided to not even decide once I fell in love with myself once I fell in love with myself everything I ever wanted to do became possible I don't feel like there's anything holding me back anymore that's really amazing man um I want to get onto that but you mentioned something interesting about sort of um you know the loss of your mum and how that sort of affected your subsequent subsequent relationships um I've heard stuff like this a lot. Um, so, you know, like you're saying, this is a very common situation where people, you know, men, men especially jump from relationship to relationship to fill some sort of void. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the, the psychology of that and why that's, why that's the thing that men do when they, f- they want love. You know, what is it about, you know, jumping from one to another that makes you feel um, better temporarily? Yeah. 
So it comes down to comfort. And by the way, when I say jumping from one to another, it wasn't like back to back. It was that I was no, in no, relationships. No. Out. Yeah. We're, not, we're, not trying to, we're not trying to call I'm, you something. I'm, I'm not moving mad, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in case anyone's watching. He's, yeah, he's, he's my my exes are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they were all lovely women. All right. That's, that's true. That Shout, out true. True. Shout out to my exes. Shout Honestly, thank you exes if you hear this. You made me who I am. I appreciate you wholeheartedly. <laughs> See, I love that. Showing um, love to his exes. Bro, this, and well, my most recent ex is still in my prayers. Yeah. Like, it's just just literally out of kindness because I know she was going through some stuff and it's literally just, I, I just pray for, you know, you just pray, pray good things for good people. Like, that's all it is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, sorry, bro. You were t- talking about the psychology of it. Um, were you asking yeah, me why? So, yeah, so what, what, does it, what does that give you, you know, jumping from, how does that make you feel? When you, when you, like, I know it's, I know it's, um, it's comfort. It's like comfort food. Mm. It's so when, when you've got a temporary comfort, when you've got this, this person that you can just speak to every day and, you know, you sort of, you become complacent, bro. It's like, you know, when people get paid a certain wage and they go into a job and they just start doing the bare minimum, it's just, it's normal. So it's okay. They don't go out chasing for more. And that's what happens. Every time I've been in a relationship, I've, I've become complacent in the sense that I know that I don't achieve as much when I'm with someone than when I'm alone. Yeah. Is that due to not being, not being the right woman for you? Because obviously eventually you will have to, you know, get married and yeah. have a relationship. At some point I will just... settle down, but at the moment it's like, I think I'm so used to suffering. I'm so used to the hard route that just when I get comfortable, when I find someone and I start dating and everything, I get, I take life way too easy now. I like mm-hmm. waking up hungry. I like going to sleep hungry. I don't like having, you know, it's, well, I do like it. I love it. You know, you know how it is when you, you're dating someone, it's amazing, but mm-hmm. you know, it distracts me from where I want to be. So the goal now is just to focus on getting what I want and then maybe I'll open up. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah, perfect. I, I think I just like to touch on that because I think it's an interesting part of um, psychology and addiction because, you know, guys can get addiction, addicted to women. Guys can get addicted to just the same as they can get addicted to drugs or alcohol. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to talk about why, because, you know, you might suffer negatively from it. Like you're saying, you know, that sort of need for comfort made you, more complacent and made you not able to do as well in your business life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so, you know, going on to, well, when was it November? You said mm-hmm. when you decided to reinvent yourself. Yeah. Oh, so, so November was the, when I realized about the, um, what's called about my mum. but December the 21st is when I completely decided to reinvent myself. And how, how did you go about doing that? So I was, I was in a very, very dark place. Um, I could tell no one around me noticed it too heavily, but it was like, I'm used to doing things by myself. I was like, it's time to write out all my pain, all my struggles, anything that's on my mind. And I'm going to claim it, bro. I'm not going to use it as an excuse anymore. This is my life. I'm going to play it as if it was the cards that I wanted, you know, like, this is it. Like, let's use it to empower something. And um, I think it's important that at any point when you feel depressed and you feel the feeling is like, it's just overwhelming and you just feel like, you know, you want to end it. It's, 
it's there's a Jim Carrey quote. He says, um, when you're depressed, it's not that you want to kill yourself. It's that you want to kill the person you are right now. And I think that's a beautiful way to see it. If you feel like you're overwhelmed by emotion, know who you want to be and just become that person. And it seems so easy to say it right now, bro. But it was literally as easy as shaving as shaving my head. But surely, surely there was sort of a build up to it. I, I do, I do, I do get what you're saying. But it was right. uh, in your instance, it was easy. But there must have been a breaking point, like you're saying. And I think oh, that's yeah. the hardest part. So, so the breaking point. So when you're going through the breaking point, you're drowning. So it's like loads of rocks yeah. that are pulling you down. Yeah. Um, I feel like whenever you reach that point or when I reached that point, I had to basically look down, see what's pulling me down, write out everything that I had to do. So I was journaling. I was using a lot of things. I was, I was looking at myself the same way that I look at stocks to invest in. I was like dissecting everything about myself. What do I you like? You were analyzing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, that even that alone is difficult, bro. If you're drowning, how it's so hard to step outside of that box. It's so hard. But for you, I think, so you're saying from about eight till about 20, you, you were struggling. So you were getting closer and closer to that breaking point every day. Yeah, eight, I'll say eight to 21. Yeah, eight to 21, you, you were, you know, marching slowly to that breaking point. And, and I, th- I think with a lot of people, the closer they get to that breaking point, the more desperate they become to find a, new, a solution to it. Mm-hmm. Is you become you become you know really depressed. You become, um, you become consumed by emotion, yeah. and then like you're saying, your you you just become your brain gets desperate to sort of find the solution. I think that's what mm-hmm. your brain did. It was we're wired to find the easy option. It's it's never like when when you go through that, you're so wired that you'd rather stay in bed. You know when when you just find it so hard to get out of bed. Yeah. Those are the days where you got to just pull yourself up. You're like, come on, we're bigger than Yeah. Me. Yeah. So what, what, what exactly, how exactly did you go about reinventing yourself? And, um, I know it's obviously quite personal to you, but mm. what did you do to sort of ensure that it would work? So, um, first it was, I, I started running. I really wanted to lose my weight. So I started getting into running. A friend recommended David Goggins, absolute legend. Um, that guy is known as the toughest motherfucker out there because he's done three. Um, sorry for swearing a lot, bro. You might have to cut this out there. <laughs> um, this guy's not going to done... fucking cut it out, man. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but yeah, this guy, he ran um, three. Not so Ryan three. He did three different military trainings and passed all of them. And he was he was a very he was a big guy and he had the same thing. There was a point where in his life he just decided to wake up. And just hearing his podcast was like, cool. If he can do it, I can do it. Because that's his whole philosophy. He doesn't act like God's gift or anything. He says, if I'm out here running, you can be out here running. Mm. You know, and that that sort of that was a big, big help for me to get into running, because I absolutely hated running. Absolutely hated running. And it taught me to go to war with myself. Yeah, I like I like people like that who talk about it like that because it, it really does, you know, bring it down to everyone's level. Mm. You know, they make you feel like you can do it. I saw, I, I was going to watch a podcast yesterday on David Goggins, but I didn't get around to doing it. Um, well, what does he do? 801 first. 
What zero eight? Let me just type that in now so I don't remember so I don't forget. David. One zero eight zero. That's his first one with Joe Rogan. And then there's another one, one after that. Okay. Bear in mind this guy, yeah. Joe Rogan turned up late to do this podcast for him. And David Goggins was doing pull ups. Topless. <laughs> <laughs> this is David Goggins. <laughs> So he just walked in on the studio and sees him. Uh, yeah, he will literally tell you at the start of the podcast as well. He was like, I've never had that before. <laughs> this guy's a beast, man. Is he one of your role models, would you say? Yeah, at the moment, he's one of my biggest role models, man. He's the guy, he yeah. broke his legs. He just taped it up and thought, I'm going to finish this. And that's my mm-hmm. motivation behind this charity challenge. Yeah, he broke his, he, broke, he got a shin splints. He was, there was a time he was running his first ever big race. He didn't finish. He did 70 miles non-stop running. He was pissing blood. He was shitting himself and he collapsed. And when he collapsed on the floor, his wife said to him, We've got, I'm going to get you into the car. His wife was like hench. So his wife lifted him up, put him in the car. And she's like, I'm going to take I need a car. wife like that. Don't worry, bro. It's coming. It's coming, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Um, and his wife put him in the car and his wife was like, his wife had a medical background and she was like, nah, we've got to take you to the hospital, bro. Uh, not bro. She wouldn't call him bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got to take you to the hospital. And he's like, nah, take me home. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, take me home. I never knew I could do what I just did today. I want to enjoy the suffering. I want to enjoy it. And that mindset is what keeps me going, man. Even when my legs start hurting, I'm like, cool, keep running. Even when my head's telling me to go home, keep running. What is it about enjoying the the, the struggle that, that what 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 feeling does that give you? What does that make you feel? It, it links back to going to war with yourself, bro. Like when I was running, I was running the first three k were the hardest every of every single run. I hated every second, bro. My brain kept and my fight or flight was like, go home, go home, turn around, turn around. It's not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> and I kept fighting it. I was like, no, I came to do something. Either I meet my goal or I die on the road. And that's what I mean by going to war with yourself is. It's all running and fitness is all actually more mental than physical, bro. If you can change, yeah, if you can control the mind, you can do incredible things, incredible things. I was running 0.5K and I was getting tired and felt like I was dying. At the end of my running phase, I was running 10.9 and I was like, cool, let's go again in the evening. That's just one month. No, I do, I do agree with you, man. I've, I've even seen it myself and with family members when you when you limit when you limit yourself, like I'll, I'll get tired in ten minutes. But then, on a day where I've got that sort of motivation in me to keep going, like you're saying, and to just force myself not to quit, I end up doing a lot. And you know, you get a runner's high as well. That's a, that's a thing I've heard about. The best thing ever. People actually ask me if I'm actually high, and I'm like, no, I just came back from a run. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually. It's actually like it takes a lot of hard work to get it, but like, yeah. it takes a lot of running to sort of, and it takes a lot of not quitting. But once you've got it, it's just you want to keep going forever. You don't want to, you don't even feel like wanting to stop. So fitness is also like a big thing to you. Yeah. So I'm sorry, touching on what you were saying earlier. Sorry, I, I, I divulged. Um, talking about how the changes that I made. So one, I was very unhappy with my body. Um, people, so that I dated were always. They were, they were, you know, when you're dating someone, they're nice to you. They don't tell you that it's getting out of hand, you know? <laughs> um, they're like, oh, yeah, you're fine. And now we're here breaking yeah. beds and shit. Like, no, yeah. I need to do something about it. And I always knew it, but I never had the, I wasn't the right person to do it until I decided yeah. to change who I was. Yeah. So as in, 
you always wanted it, but you, you couldn't. You can't force yourself to be motivated to do something. You you have to be. You know, like think of a goal you want in life, and you have to be a guy that can achieve that. Because right now, I, I was like a spanner trying to screw in a bolt. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, no, that's a good um, metaphor. Wait, no, actually, I messed that up. It's like a, a screwdriver trying to put in a bolt. <laughs> Sorry. I got it. I got yeah. it. <laughs> Same thing. I doubt anyone listening even paid attention. They're like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but man. yeah, no, I, I, I do like that. It makes sense because there, there's people who, you know, who ask me, you know, how do I lose weight or something like that? Mm. And it's impossible to give them an answer. The, the, the method, just the, the specific method is the same for everyone. Eat less, exercise more. It's that simple, bro. It's yeah, that simple. But the, but it doesn't work for certain people because you know they they haven't they just they just they don't have that motivation like you're saying that they're not the type of person to they're not not yet anyway they can be very easily and it's very possible but and you can't give anyone well you can give some people motivation but not everyone i wouldn't even say it's motivation at this point bro like i'm what would you say i'd say it's discipline like every single day i wake up and i'm ready to do what it takes like i I don't take days off. Even on my days off, things pop up. The one thing I can't control is human behavior, which we learned from yesterday. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, I'm so used to it now. I don't need to be motivated. I'm just ready. Like, if you told me right now, let's go start a company, I'm there. Don't even tell me what it is. I'm there. <laughs> no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I still, this is my personal opinion. I still feel like it's that discipline is driven by your motivation. You can't, um, what was it? Yesterday I watched the video, this basketball player, and he was talking about how he suddenly stopped becoming lazy. And he said it was something to do with his dad sort of pushing him and it didn't click for like 18, 20 years. And then it suddenly clicked. It suddenly, okay, yeah, I need to do it. I think there's more to it than that, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there isn't, but from what I've seen, it's like, Okay, you, for example, a few years ago or before you were less disciplined, mm. there might have been stop something stopping you from becoming disciplined. You might have been scared to start a new business. You know, you might have been um, anxious to start a new business. You might have been something like that. But now you've lost that fear and you've tried it a few times. You're motivated because you know you can do it. I'd say it links, it links a lot to affirmations. So the reason I say discipline is that for the longest time I wake up and every day I tell myself three affirmations. It, it changes every single day. I write it, I sign it. I am strong. I can do anything I set my mind to. I will achieve my degree no matter what barriers are in the way. Things like this. And that's why, like for me, I, I think motivation, you're right. It must be motivation for others. But for me, it's become discipline because this is wired into my brain. This is the type of conversations I have with myself. So it's like... It's, I don't know anything else. This is it. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I can. I, I. I see what you mean. I think. Yeah. So maybe motivation to to begin, and then once you sort of begun. Mm. You know, just no. Yeah. There. Um, you hit it right these, on these, Thank you, man. These these affirmations that you're talking about. They so they're like social contracts with yourself. Yeah. Well, how do they help you? What do they, is it like a, is it, is it's like a promise, right? It's like a promise that you make. Or... I, I wouldn't say it's a promise. I would say promise sounds a bit too cheesy. No, not even cheesy. It just sounds too <laughs> soft for me. It's like a, 
I, I like the word when you say contract. I like that because it, it, it brings a bit of formality into it. And it's like, if you want to be someone, know who this person is and then tell yourself these words every single day and signing it, seeing it in your own writing, then knowing tomorrow you can't use the same affirmations because you have to look back and see what have I used already. And then this is this, this whole thing is rewiring you the whole way through because by reading back, you're still putting it into yourself. Yeah. And by thinking of new ones, you're again challenging yourself. I've always liked ideas like this because I, I do really think they, they help. Um, mm. Whether you write it down or whether you say it in the mirror yeah. or whether you, you say it while you're praying, whatever your method is. Um, mm. But how does that, do you carry them into your day or is it just then and there? No, into my day. I am all about accountability. If I'm working on anything, I let people around me know I'm working on it because that way they check up on me, they make sure I'm doing it. If I've got big goals, small goals, I post it on my social media. I want to be held 100% accountable for anything that I put out into the universe. If I've said it, I'm going to make sure it happens. What, would, what advice would you give to someone who's too scared of being accountable? For fear of failure or something like that? It's, it's hard. I've, so I've lived a life where I've had to lose that fear and I can't speak for everyone else because I don't know what everyone's going for, how they'd need to do it. But it does come down to like, you know, one day you'll have the wake up call when you're like, I'm living like this life is mine. I need to live it for me. Now, why am I caring about what other people are thinking? Who, who are they to dictate what I do, what I say, where I go? And it's, it's like when the second you stop, you think about it and really analyze it. If you just really put logic behind it, it makes no sense for you to give this many people this power over you. And when you stop caring about what other people think, and you know you're being moral, you're not like, it's not like, oh, I don't give a fuck and you start doing every uh, madness. No, I'm talking about when you don't care about what other people have to say about what you're doing with your life and you know you're on track to where you want to be, then you just need to not like completely win them out. I had to cut a lot of family out. I had to, because all I ever heard was, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And you know, the same thing with affirmations. If I'm feeding my brain, these type of conversations, I will definitely won't. If you believe you can't do it, then you can't. If you believe you can, that's where you can. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, if you... If I'm if waffling too really, much at any point, by the way, please stop me because I, I waffle a lot. Bro, bro, this is a podcast, I think it was made for waffling. I think that's what you're supposed to do. I I'm still not 100% experienced. In, um, it's my first one, man. This is, this is my fourth, I think, maybe. Uh, you might be episode four. Oh, I like it. I'm special. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do. I do. I do understand what you're, I do get what you're saying. I think it's very mm -hmm. important to believe and caring what other people think. It's a skill to not care. Mm -hmm. it, it really is a skill. And I think a lot of people struggle not to care because it's difficult. And I think everyone does it with some things in their life. Um, mm -hmm. Some things that you might not, I don't know, you might not be confident about. Just, I'm not saying, I don't know you personally, but mm. someone might be confident about their, their dress sense. So they'll need to ask other people's opinions. And when they ask, it will affect them or something. Um, you know, some people might not be confident in business. You're confident in business. So you don't, you know, you only really ask for opinions of people who you think can help or can offer something that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Who's your go-to for 
help? For, for business, the internet, bro. <laughs> we live in an era where everything is free. Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You don't have anyone like personal around you sort of to help you? Um, so my uncle, I've got an uncle who's really into property. Okay. Um, so I, I get a bit of advice. I get nuggets of knowledge from him. But um, in terms of, I've got people like Elon Musk I look up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apart from yeah. that, you know, it's just learning, keeping myself going. And I read a lot. I read a hell of a damn lot. <laughs> why Why do you, what, what, what does the reading do for you? Why do you read? So here's the beauty of it, right? If some people read one book and you think you understand the topic, but imagine every single topic as a four-dimensional shape. If you read four different people talking about the same thing, you get four different perspectives. Now you completely understand the topic. So I, I do that for self-help. I do that for, it's just, I want to always, the more you read, the more you understand. The more you understand means the easier it is for you to communicate with people, to actually work on certain projects, whether it's business or personal or charitable. And I think like you're saying about reading different perspectives, it opens your mind mm -hmm. to different possibilities. We have to assume that we know nothing. The second we think we know everything is the day we truly know nothing. Yeah, who said that? I forgot. That's a famous it one. H it was H, wasn't it? H? Was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't claim it. I can't claim it. <laughs> it was. Uh, maybe it was me then. Who knows? Let's um, Let's just let's just leave it as me. Um, I'm gonna tattoo it somewhere. <laughs> but I do, I do, I do see that that's definitely important to see to learn to see things from different views and to learn to 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 understand that you literally know nothing. You don't know anything, and there's so many different possibilities in the world. Um, that's not to devalue anyone's um, brain. That's not to say, you know, you're an idiot. But just, just touching on what you said, just touching on what you said, that's the problem. There's ego. When you drop the ego, that's when we learn. I'm not saying with you. I'm saying in, in the terms of the general. No, 100%. Yeah, yeah, even with me, to be honest. Whenever, whenever I mention it, people are like, what, so you're saying you know nothing and I know nothing. I'm like, no, that's not the point that I'm trying to make. I'm, it's like if we assume we know nothing, that's when we're open to learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I had a big debate with this in my friends. Mm. They get heated, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. One of my friends just doesn't doesn't like being told he he doesn't like this isn't a fact. Yeah, no. I know. And I was just arguing. I was arguing for you know just for the sake of you know just for fun that sort of thing. Yeah. How do you know the sun is eight, however million miles away? It is mm he's -hmm. like because that's what you know, science and he was willing to die for that fact. But, you know, if someone came along tomorrow, I'm not saying they will, but if someone came tomorrow and said, you know, oh, actually it's not. Yeah. You know, your whole opinion would change. The only point I was sort of trying to make is that, you know, you shouldn't be willing to, to swear by any of this knowledge because things can change. You know, everything you know about business could, you might read someone else's perspective on it. They have a completely different perspective. And you could learn from that. There's so much you could learn from that. So much. I was just going to say, even taking on that perspective, Elon Musk was faced with the science that you can't do what you want to do. And Elon Musk was like, cool, I'm going to find a way to do it. And that's, that's all he's been doing the entire way through. Yeah. And he's doing things that people, you know, 
didn't think were possible. I'm sure he'll continue because yes, they, they were they were chained by what they thought was truly fact. But you can never ever accept anything for true fact. Yeah, obviously, you know, people listening will hear this and think, you know, there are things which I know are facts. We understand that there are things, you know, as in the sky is blue. There are facts, but uh, the whole the whole point I'm trying to make, and I think you're trying to make, is that just open your mind a bit. Hundred percent. Yeah, man. Um, what are you what are you what are you doing this week? How, how what's going on this week? So this week is training. So the charity project we're doing for British Lung Foundation it goes live soon. Our editor has all the videos and everything, so he's he's working on it now. Hmm. Um, How did you get in touch with like the editor and the vid- video? Because I saw the guy doing drones and you're doing yeah. the drone work. These, and these are all friends, man. Like this is what HGL is about. I try and help everyone around me to come up with me. I want to get them exposure. I want to do it together. I'm, I'm never. There's so much wealth in the world, bro. Like I don't want to. I'm not greedy. I want to help everyone. Yeah, really and truly, there is enough for everyone. So plenty, bro. Plenty. There's enough for everyone. Maybe four or five times over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this is another thing I don't understand when uh, I see people sort of not, you know, not sharing their secrets um, and stuff like that. I just think, why? What, what do you mean? Okay, so you know, there's there's for example, I'll give you an example like Instagram pages. Mm. Um, some of them, you know, they've done quite successful. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them, you know, how did you do that? They'll be like, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Or any any sort of subject. You know, there's people who are like, I can't tell you that, etc. Uh, I hear you. There's, the problem is with, so I, I, faced, I used to face this problem a lot in business. It was people did not want to give me information that they had to work for. And if you think about it that way, it sort of, it sort of makes sense because they had to go do the research and build it and everything. And then I read this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it was like, how can we get a win-win situation out of every situation? Mm-hmm. You know, now if I meet someone and they've got some information I want, hey man, like, can I take you out for a meal? Can I take you out for a drink? Can we go grab some coffee? I'd absolutely love if I could just, just 15 minutes, 10 minutes of your time, I'll travel to wherever you need me to travel just so that I can have this conversation with you. And I'd really, yeah. it's, it, it all comes down to a way of asking it because People will always start off with ego when they're responding to you saying, oh, I need help. But if you start off with treating them like you've got, you know what I mean? It's, it's people management. No, no, I, I, I completely understand that. But I completely understand that there is always a way to sort of get the answer you need. And there's a way to butter people up, essentially. But I just don't see why there is a need for an ego. Do you understand? There's enough space in the world for everyone to do well. And I understand they've worked hard to they worked hard to develop those those uh, methods or or something but me personally if it's not costing me time to give you some information i'll give you information 100 that's how i am as well but i can fully understand it i i, I don't blame those people because some people work really hard and they 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 might be the first to discover a new method and they don't necessarily want to be given up that for free. To be fair, it might lead to the whole common thing about people in general. People want to see you do well. They just don't want to see you doing better than them. Yeah, that's that's another ego thing. Mm. And how you can't really teach people to... It's just they have to go on this journey themselves to remove ego. You have to realize how little we are in the world to remove ego. 
and it and it links back to the thing you were saying about um, the only person you're you're fighting is yourself. Hundred mm, percent. I am my only competition. Exactly, and you know you, you have no need to compete. There's enough money in the world. There's enough. There's enough platforms in the world for you to make a, a living. To, for you to make big money off. There, there's so many ways of making money, bro. Like it's like right now, I don't even know where to put my money because there's so many ways to do it. It's just we need to go search for it to find it. People just wait for it, and it will never come to you if you're waiting for it. Like for example, your your um, hustle group London. You know that's not the first thing I've heard about like that, but I believe your one's going to do well just because of how much you believe in it. Do you understand? I appreciate that, man. Like I'm saying, you know, it's not the first. Mm. It's not the first, and it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. The only thing that separates your, you know, hustle group from the ones that you know don't do well is just how much you want it to do well. That's my personal opinion. But well done to you for starting that, man. Well done to you for everything. I appreciate it. I've, I want to say how amazing it is what you're doing, bro. Like, this is something that I've, it's been on my mind a lot. Like, I've, I always think about it. men, mental health is such a difficult thing for men to talk about. And like, you're bridging this gap. You're making it a norm to speak about your emotions and your struggles. And I, I love that, bro. I really appreciate all of this. But I think people, I, I honestly, if my honest opinion is that men talk about their emotions a lot. It's just... Like, you know, you two, bro, we've spoken about our emotions this whole chat. Mm. And, you know, we didn't, there was no need to, to link it to mental health. It was just emotions. Purely, and yeah. I think, it's just, I think it's just as simple as that. But then there's this taboo around men, man. Men and weakness. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never really understood that myself, but mm. it is what it is. And... Oh, it's good to see that so many, so many guys are willing to sort of talk. And but yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, and I will hear from you soon, man. Thank you so much, bro. It's been a pleasure, man. Uh, send me a picture of yourself on Instagram. Sure, this is getting weird. No, I mean what, for what, like, you, the what, like clothes. Or? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, bro. Dealer's choice. <laughs> sell us, sell us. I'll send you my OnlyFans right. link. Um, oh, nice. I look forward. <laughs> to it.